Hello, I'm Paul Evans and welcome to Airing Pain, a programme brought to you by Pain Concern, the UK charity providing information and support for those of us living with pain and healthcare professionals. This edition has been funded by Pfizer. Now, back pain accounts for half of all chronic pain in the UK. Initially, your GP may recommend exercise or acupuncture, pain relief, medication and self-management advice. A lot further down the line, it may be considered necessary for you to see a specialist in interventional pain management. Dr Ron Cooper is a consultant in pain medicine and anaesthesia in Causeway Hospital, Coleraine, Northern Ireland. He has a special interest in interventional pain management. That's the use of invasive techniques or operations. Over a year, he sees around 1,200 new patients and performs around 600 procedures. 70% of the patients that are referred to me have back pain, lumbar sacral pain. About 15% of the patients may have 10, 50% have neck pain. And then the rest are a mixed bag. The mixed bag are the ones that have things like neurologies, trigeminal neurology, of which can be effectively treated at the pain clinic by intervention, or post-traumatic pain, or people with uh, neuropathic pains, which are more difficult to treat. Neuropathic pains can range anywhere in the body, such as post-surgical pain, but back pain is the biggest feature, yeah, there's no doubt about that. A significant number of these patients really are here because they just want reassurance and often doing a scan will reassure them and a scan is fairly harmless. That can be done, uh, an examination to exclude any red flags and that's what you want to look at. Very few of them will have significant pathology and that's a fact, but you have to see them to know. Dr Ron Cooper. Now he and some of the dozen patients he saw at one of his clinics in Causeway Hospital, Coleraine, were willing for me to sit in on and record their consultations. But before we join them, don't forget Pain Concern's usual words of caution, that whilst we believe the information and opinions on airing pain are accurate and sound based on the best judgments available, you should always consult your health professional on any matter relating to your health and well-being. He or she is the only person who knows you and your circumstances, and therefore the appropriate action to take on your behalf. Dr Cooper's first patient was suffering from neck pain. The pains come from the, the spine, yes. from about from the very top of my neck, mm-hmm. down to probably my bra strap area, which yeah. would be the pain to me. That feels feels when I'm just actually walking mm-hmm. or sitting, that it's grinding, it feels mm-hmm. like, a, or a hacksaw. Mm-hmm. And then it seems to annoy, obviously, the muscles. To, to me, yeah. my mind annoys mm-hmm. the muscles, and it flares up. And I think when they flare up, yes. it's putting pressure on my head because... I've had a CT scan yes. of my head then because of the vomiting and the whatever, yes. and it's come back absolutely clear. Good. Good. So we're trying to rule out other things that are causing the headache, or the, it's not headache, it's pain in the head, mm-hmm. but I think it just still seems to be coming back to the muscles and yeah, the, your neck. the neck. Yeah. Okay, can I just check your neck again to see because yeah, that's true. important? Yeah, true. And does it go into the shoulder as well? It goes into these muscles. Yeah, but not here. down the arm, okay? No, not and down it's mainly on the right side. Both sides. Both sides, yeah. But the right's the worst. There? That's sore there? Yeah. Okay. You never hurt your neck at all, no? No. They just okay. say it's wear yeah. and tear. I mean, yeah. I, think that's, I think the first x-ray I had for it was about yeah. 20 years sore ago. Sore up there. Uh-huh. Oh, there. Right muscles the... are quite tense. Yeah. But that's nothing. That, I mean, today's no, no. a good day. <laughs> yeah, today's a good day. No, I can see that. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, what I'd said to you was that we would try the tablets to see. And if the tablets didn't work, we could try some injections to yes. see. 
if that could identify any cause in the pain. Yeah. It's possible this you've got what's called cervicogenic headache. Right. That just means that your headache, we think, is coming from the neck. Right, okay. Cervicogenic is the cause of it, yeah. we think. Now, in order to try and see if that's right or to try and help that, yeah. we can do what's called diagnostic injections in the neck to see if that affects it. Right. Uh, and that's done in the theatre with the x-rays, yeah. with some care, yeah. taking in precise needle location to try yeah. and find it out. There is, however, some risk with it you should understand. Yeah. There's a risk of flaring up the pain, yes. in other words, which can happen any time. Yeah. There's a risk of uh, producing some numbness in your neck. Right. There's a risk of injury, yeah. permanent injury. If something go wrong, you could even have a fit or a convulsion. That's very rare, yes. but I think it's, it's something that you have to bear yeah. in mind. Uh, I think it's a reasonable thing to do, okay. and I think it's obviously worth a try. Yeah. And if it does help it, then it may allow us to do some other treatments. Yeah. If the injections don't help it, and not likely to prove that, then it may be a case of trying to work and relax the tension by doing maybe injections into the muscles, such as right. Botox, yeah. with physiotherapy, with stretch and exercise, it may help it. That's a possibility. Right. Okay. Is there a cure for it? Probably not, but probably we can, yes. hopefully we can make it, hopefully we can make it easier. Right. So how do you feel about that? Yes, that, well, it was, it's getting to a stage where you are last port of call. If you can't help no, me, I, I might as well. I you know, that. that's I, because I, I think it's worth a try. Yes, I think you're... Can you come up tomorrow to have it done? Tomorrow is... Afternoon, Friday. Yeah, yeah, Any questions? No, I'm absolutely fine okay. just to let you right, There's no guarantees go. with this. It's <laughs> no, worth a try to see. Okay? Well, yes, I understand It's that. more of a diagnostic thing than a, yep. a treatment thing. Okay. 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 See you tomorrow then. Half past one day procedure work. Thank you, you very know. much. Okay, bye. Thank you. 20 years is a long time to long have time. pain like that. And she said, no, this is last <laughs> chance saloon if you like. How do you feel about that? I don't think that's quite true. I think... Uh, you know, she's probably told the other doctor she saw as well. I think she is searching for a cause too much. I think that, you know, at some point she may need to have some uh, multidisciplinary approach where she has some help in trying to cope with her symptoms and deal with them and hopefully strike relaxation and manage that. But I think before that I would like to see if I can just exclude a cause in her neck. Because it is surviving, it can be easily helped by some radiofrequency treatment. Um, but yes, it's a long time, but that's often the nature of people with chronic pain with no physical findings as such. Uh, and often the search for a cause can be the thing, really. And sometimes they just need to be able to say, no, there's nothing we can find, or this is often around manager differently. Because, I mean, she's not a suicidal person, she's not something like that. And she's well adjusted and not overly depressed either. I just think that she's not been able to identify it. Okay, so. Is it necklace time again, is it? No, that's. Down here, is it not? Right. Oh, down here, yes. You, have you an operation? I had a double hernia done. When was that done? 2000, 2010, I think. No, when you say double, you mean both sides or uh -huh. two sides and one? Both sides done the Right and left. Oh, right, together. Uh -huh. That's unusual. <laughs> Did you just want to get over with in one go? Uh, <laughs> Were you asleep for the operation? Oh, why? <laughs> did they do it with mesh? Yes. The mesh, yeah. After that there, I started getting this pain mm -hmm. down in the, near the groin. The left groin? Uh-huh. It was like the pain that started with the hernia. Mm -hmm. So then my own doctor, I told him about it, and he says, right, I'll get you in to see a specialist. Yes. And he says, no, the mess, no. You're worried in case there's a hernia again? Yes, it's occurred. I thought it was that. Mm -hmm. and then I kind of got worried in case it was something else. Mm -hmm. They checked me out. And there was <coughs> Did they check out the asbestos and the scrotum? Yes. Yeah, and there no lumps or bumps? No lumps or bumps. 
and there was no nothing like nothing. cancerous or yeah. nothing like that. You're obviously worried about that. I thought they'd yeah. be yeah. prostrate or something. Yeah, you saw the TV campaigns uh, and things. Yeah, it's, I it's know. Kind of, it was scary. Mm-hmm. Right. So they put it down to that this pain here was coming off my back. Mm-hmm. You've had a bad back for a number of years. Oh, so that's why I'm referred back to okay. you now. <laughs> now. Have you still got the pain in the groin? Uh-huh. Can you tell me a bit about it? What's it there all the time or what's it I'd, like? Like a burning thing and, you know, it'll be there all the time. Yeah, and I'm really not trying to words my Would it be like shooting pain as well or sore to touch? Or would your clothes, oh. underpants make it sore if you touched it gently? No, I don't bother. No, so it's really burning's the main thing. Ah, uh, burning and mm-hmm. if you pushed, mm-hmm. you know where the scar tissue is. Yes, yeah. and lower back's very yeah. sore. Right, is this pain different than the pain you had before you had the operation? No, it wasn't burning okay. before the operation. No. Okay, so it's a different sort of pain. Ah, uh, and when you pass water, does it affect it? Sometimes. Yeah. Does anything else you do affect it? Make it worse or make it easier? No. Okay. Now you say you have back trouble as well. Uh huh. You get the back pain when you get that as well. Aye. I've back pain most of the time. Yeah, I know. It's there for years. But I've done many treatments with you. Uh huh. That's what's still. Uh huh. Still trouble. Still trouble. Okay. Let's have a look at your back and then we'll have a look down below. Okay. No no problem. Jimmy, slip off your jacket there. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, what's the home situation now? Who's at home with you? Ah, the the other half. (laughs) Yes, no problem. Uh, How's things at home? I uh, just normal, just don't need very much. You know, there's a big scar in the back there mm. from the surgery. Now I'm going to, it's the left side mainly, is that correct? Uh, uh, sorry. Yeah, so. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, sorry about that. You've had treatment for the shoulder, is that right? Uh-huh. Physiotherapy. I'm going now to the uh, pain Management. Clinic. That's it. Yeah, your doctor gets you sent there. Uh-huh. I think I'd actually suggested your doctor a few years ago about the pain management program, and I think he got around to send you to yes. now. I think that's the best thing for you to try and help manage the pain. Uh-huh. The pain you're describing is likely to be nerve pain. Nerve pain. Yeah, which could well be coming from the back. Uh-huh. But you've had back pain now 10, 12, 15 oh, years. Easy. And it's never going to go away, you know that. Even with oh, the, the injections could manage it for a good while Yes. and help it. And I just think the way things are at the minute, I don't think that's the best thing for you. Uh-huh. You know, I'm not saying we'll never do it. I'm saying it's not yes. the best thing at the minute. Uh-huh. I think the best thing to do is to... The medication you're on is probably stay on what you're on, but I'll write your doctor about that rather right. than ch- don't change anything yet. Uh-huh. I think the best thing is the pain management program, and I'd recommend you go there. It's not going to be a cure, but hopefully it'll help you manage it. Because yes. you need your very stiff at the minute, generally, uh-huh. to get loosened up a bit. That'll come. One thing I noticed, Ron, was his movement. Yes. He's exhibiting a lot of what we call pain behaviour. A lot of it is really to, if you like, demonstrate to others that he has pain. He has pain. But he has got a lot of pain behaviours. Movement was, it's not a pathological movement. It's, um, some layman would say it's, it's putting on things. But what he's doing is he's emphasising how he feels to, to, to show that he's kind of attention-seeking behaviour it is. And you'll find that a lot of patients that have a large psychological component to their pain, as opposed to a physical component, actually do exhibit this. And uh, he has got multiple visits to GP and to other specialists and uh, he really is going to the best place, a pain management programme. That's not going to cure him by any means, but it hopefully it'll help him identify how he is, see how things are, and help cope with his pain, and try a lot of self-help that needs to be helped. And he'll need some psychological help as well. He's not mad by any means, he's a sensible person, but he's, he's in this situation where 
He's one of these patients that's susceptible to any sort of pain. He gets pain post-operatively after any operation he's had. He's had multiple operations in the past by surgeons and people and always getting problems. Often there, there, there is some non-physical problem at the root of this. But I can't address that in my clinic. I'm, I'm an interventional pain physician mainly. And uh, it's, the important thing for me is that not to stick needles in or not to change drugs drastically where I think they're not going to help. You have to be honest with patients. Dr Ron Cooper's next patient at Causeway Hospital in Coleraine has had back and leg pain for some years. She's had various interventional treatments, including nerve blocks and more recently a spinal cord stimulator. This works by sending small electrical pulses to the spinal cord from a battery-powered device which is implanted in the buttock or abdomen. You have uh, what's called a scoliosis in your spine, yeah. a twist in your spine. You can see it there in your x-ray and you can see the stimulator in place. There's the wire there in your back. See? Right. Uh-huh. It's the stimulator. There's eight electrodes there. And you would say that that has helped the leg pain, not the back pain. Yeah. That's always been the case. Yeah. And it helps the leg pain quite good. You reckon about 60% yeah. better than it was. Yeah. So you'd miss it if it wasn't there. Because okay. remember we talked about turning it off to see and yeah. uh, you tried that and you found it did help. Yeah. So really, this is what you've got in your back, okay? Right. In there, slightly bigger. This is the, how long is it in that? How many years? It's all three years. Three years, yeah. Passed. Good, and it's giving you stimulation in there. That's yeah. into the skin. It's about the size of a cigarette box. Yeah. It's a yeah. bigger one. Uh, now we have different ones that win. So basically, it's working satisfactorily to doing what it can do. Yeah. But at the time when we put it in, remember we said that it won't take away the pain totally and it probably won't hold the back. And I think that was true. But at least it's helping some of it, yeah. which is better than nothing, would you agree? Yeah. The medication, I think you still will require it. I think it's important to keep doing the activities you do and keep as active as you can. And uh, basically, whenever the battery would stop working, when it wears out, then we can replace it. And we can maybe replace it with one of the rechargeable ones, because the less operations you have, the better. Right. You understand? Because I'm actually waiting now to get my gallbladder out as oh, well. Oh, <laughs> they're doing the telescope or surgery, laparoscopic yeah. and dairy. Yeah. Okay. Well, that affects the bar. Yeah, you'll need to tell them. Now, I then, told no, no, them yeah, but what you need to do is you need to tell them. And uh, in fact, what I will do is I will write to your doctor and I will write a letter to you to take to the surgeon. Right. Because what it means is you need two things. When you go into the hospital and have the gallbladder out, they need to know because you need to have antibiotics, which you'll get anyway from the mm-hmm. surgery. You'll get that. But you'll also need to know there's a special thing they use called diathermy, mm-hmm. which is a, a thing they use to stop any bleeding when they do the operation. Whenever they cut the blood vessels, they have to stop the bleeding yeah. and they, do, they, they put electric current through them. There's a certain type of diathermy that they should not use. And they need to know this before yeah. they do it. Most of the surgeons know that, but I will send a letter to you to take with you when right. you go in to say, look, and show that to the surgeon and the atheist and make sure they know that. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, if they used the wrong one, it could wipe out the stimulator and it would stop working. If your stimulator changes after the surgery, mm-hmm. sometimes you need to reset after the surgery. So right. what you should do is, when you go into hospital, switch it off right. when you're in hospital. You can use it after the surgery, okay, after the operation, but before the surgery is best to switch it off in case you forget to switch yeah. it off. Because if it's switched off, then it's much safer. All right, mm-hmm. But really, people have got big operations with stimulators, no bother, yeah. as long as they remember those two things. Yeah. And you can take the thing in with you, but switch it off before yeah. you go to theatre. All right, that's my advice. And uh, if you have problems with it after you come out, contact Joyce again and we'll see again and we'll get readjusted. If not, maybe about two out of ten people might need it readjusted. But you just have to wait and see. Anyway, good luck anyway. Great, thanks very much. Bye-bye, you're very welcome. Bye-bye. What's the principle behind the... Spinal cord stimulation? Well, the basic answer is no one knows how it works, but the initial theory was that it worked in the gate theory where you 
stimulated the spine and you blocked out the impulses coming from the painful leg and it blocked them out. And that was a simple theory first put forward by Melzack and Wall. It's not thought to be the case now. It's thought to work on chemicals in the blood, chemicals produced in the spinal cord, uh, which go to the brain and endorphins are affected, and inflammations infected, uh, sympathetic activities and in fact inhibitory, no, no one knows, but we know that it has complex effects and we know that it can help certain types of pain, namely neuropathic pain, uh, and the patient can turn on and turn off as necessary. But it's a system that we have the benefit of doing a trial, a trial to see is it going to work, because if it doesn't go to work, then we shouldn't do it. And by putting in a temporary lead which comes out through the body and the patient tries it for anything from a week to four weeks and um, they know is it working in their home environment. They, this is done, they go home. And if it helps significantly and I am convinced that it helps them, uh, then we go ahead and do an implant. If the patient not convinced or doesn't want to be bothered with it and I'm not sure, then we take it out. If there's any doubt, we don't do it. And those that works for it, works well. It works very well for pain in the leg, a single leg, a single arm, a single limb. It works for other types of pain, more complex pain, where they have CRPS, which is associated with swelling of the leg. It's also associated for, uh, useful for amputation stump pain, but not phantom limb pain. It's useful for pain after uh, angina, which hasn't responded to cardiac surgery or field back surgery. It's used for conditions such as abdominal pain, conditions such as pelvic pain. It's also used for painful bladder syndrome, where it can also control the urgency and the frequency of running to the toilet. It can also be used to control faecal incontinence in certain cases for the lower of the sacrum. So it's a lot of uses. I'm Dr. Cooper and the physiotherapist asked me to see you yeah. because you had back pain, is that right, mm -hmm. for, a, for a, what, a year or so? Yeah. And you'd been to your doctor and he had got you to go to the ICAT's physiotherapist. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. a specialist physiotherapist yeah. who decides do you need to have an operation or not? Mm -hmm. And they did a scan of your back. Yeah. And have you seen the scan? No. Okay. I'll have a look at the pictures there just so you can see it because they probably need any chance. That's your bones in the spine. We call it the vertebrae. There's the discs, those little black things, the shock absorbers. Okay. And there's the spinal cord where the nerves are. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if you look down there, that's nice and healthy. The first thing I tell you is you don't need an operation. That's good. Do you understand that? Yeah. And that's good. And I'm glad to hear you said that. If you look down here, you see the way it's a little bit wider? That shows there's some inflammation there. And possibly where the pain is down at that level, possibly. Mm -hmm. Now, the discs are starting to bulge a little bit. You can see a little bulge. Mm -hmm. See there and there. Yeah. That's okay. A lot of people have bulging discs and it doesn't mean anything. If the disc was to go right out and yeah. get pro prolapsed, then you'd need an operation. Like anybody can need that, but you don't need that. At the back of the spine, we're looking and that's the muscles there. And the muscles are a wee bit thin there. You haven't been, you know, because the pain's bad, you probably haven't been doing too much. No, because it can't. Yeah, and you know the way when you go into a plaster of Paris, your, yeah. your muscles go weak? That's the muscles in the back getting thin there. That's the normal muscle, and that's the, this, the muscles getting thin. Mm -hmm. And that's why it gets a vicious circle. There's the, the joints at the back there, see there? Mm -hmm. We call those the facet joints. And that's those joints there. And you see the way they're thickened there and they're black? Mm -hmm. That shows that there is some wear and tear there or hypertrophy it's not a disease yeah. okay but it's really just possibly and the word he uses possibly a source of pain not definitely because we can't tell from scans is the structure causing pain or not we can just say it maybe it's difficult to know the exact source of the pain uh, without doing any more tests mm -hmm. um, the ways of managing this are you can obviously take painkillers you can rest and exercise and do those things which you've been doing 
I think because you've had it for so long, uh, a couple of years now, and that it's not improved, yeah. I think the reasonable thing to do would be to try some form of injection to see if we can find exactly where the pain is coming from. Mm-hmm. It might be and it, that the pain is coming from some of these joints down here that we saw on the scan that are tender when I examine over them. But the only way to find that out is to do what's called a nerve block where you put in needles into the back here to the nerve, to where the nerves are, the facet joints, around there, and you freeze. It's a bit like a dentist looking for a bad tooth. Try and find out which one's sore. Okay? Mm-hmm. We think it's down here somewhere. See if that helps it and give an indication as the pain come from there. That may help it for a short time, or it may help it longer, or it may not help it at all. If it doesn't help it at all, and it's been done right, then we can assume the pain's not come from here. Mm-hmm. If it's not coming here, then there are other causes that we can look at. Mm-hmm. But that's the simplest thing. And if we do find it's coming there, there's some treatment that we might be able to do to help it, where we do radiofrequency treatment, which may be benefit. The idea in this treatment is not to cure the pain, but to relieve it, to allow you to get more active, yeah. to get the muscles build up again, to do the exercise, and get the weight down, and just get more fit again. Okay, mm-hmm. So it shouldn't be seen as a treatment on its own. It should be seen in conjunction with... We call it rehab, or it's really just more activity and targeted therapy. The one I would do would be done fairly precisely in the theatre, where you go to the day theatre and you lie on the operating table and we take x-rays of your back mm-hmm. and we try and find where the structures are. We can't see the nerves, but we, we use the x-rays to help us guide the little fine needle to where the nerve should be at the joint. And then we usually put two or three injections with you awake to tell us what you feel, to test it, and then see if that helps or not. Right. It's a very tiny amount of anaesthetic in a controlled manner to see if that yeah. can precisely find if the pain has gone there or not. And if it is, then there might be something we can do to help it. Well, that's so I think great, that's a reasonable as long thing. as I can get okay. release. Any questions? Great. No, that would be great. Okay, so, so that's fine. Get so to we'll, the bottom of it at right. long last. Okay, well, hopefully we'll get some benefit. That's All right? great. Okay, then, that's bye-bye. Brilliant. Okay, that's good. That's good. The nerve block injections... Yes. Yes. They are there purely to identify? Purely diagnostic. They do sometimes have a therapeutic benefit. Uh, We're not sure why they have a prolonged benefit, but it could be because they are reducing the vicious circle, reducing the pain, reducing the spasm, and allowing the patient to do more. And that could be what it is. It's unlikely, however, but the point is that I do them in a controlled manner. Patient goes to theatre, they have it done with fluoroscopy guidance to identify the targets of the bone, where the nerve should be, and a small, tiny, precise amount of anaesthetic, usually about 0.5 a mil, a tiny drop, is placed where the nerve should be. And if that helps it, then we consider it a positive result. If it doesn't, it's a negative result. And then we will repeat that sometime, repeat it to see if it gets a different result with a different type of anaesthetic. And if that helps, then we can say to the patient, we're fairly sure, not 100%, fairly sure this is where your pain is coming from. And if it's coming from there, the fact that we've identified a source of pain will help a lot of people. But then we can offer another treatment or we do radiofrequency where we simply ablate the nerve or, or cauterize or burn the nerve with radiofrequency treatment in the same manner. And that should give a longer term result. However, it's important that the patient realises that this is part of a rehabilitation strategy where you don't just do the procedure and go away. They have to work at it, they have to improve their function and build up their muscles and change their lifestyle a bit, lose weight, build up the muscle tone at the front of their their abdomen and and hopefully reduce their analgetics and keep more active. And that's important to get that emphasis on. People call them facet joint ejections, but they're precisely called medial branch nerve blocks. The joint ejection is not something that we normally do. 
Now, back pain is a major problem. Major problem in, in all po- age groups. But you're seeing extreme cases. I'm seeing it. Oh, yes, yes, I must emphasize that. I am seeing patients who have had pain for at least a year, in some cases much longer. I generally do not see patients that have had pain less than six, several months. It would be the exception. Invariably, all of them have treatment, conservative treatment elsewhere. They've all seen their GP, the physiotherapy treatment, majority of physiotherapy treatment. They've all had some sort of exercise program and they've had several analgesics and maybe seen other specialists as well. I do think, however, that we probably should be seeing patients earlier to try and prevent some of this chronicity by doing earlier intervention, whether that be in the form of more active physiotherapy, more active rehabilitation, or more earlier interventions, diagnostic interventions and treatments to do that. And I think that we probably should be seeing them earlier. But you're right, I'm seeing the tip of the iceberg. But it's important for mm. people with back pain, including mm. me, including yeah. just about everybody yes. I know, not to get on your list That's right. and get operated on. I agree entirely, because uh, I, I don't want to be doing procedures in patients. I want patients to manage their pain, to get better themselves without this. But, you know, they have tried that. I do encourage them to try again before they do this. And if there's any doubt, I'll not do an intervention. Uh, the risks of the interventions are very low, depending on what we do. Uh, but obviously it's better not to interfere if you don't have to. Dr Ron Cooper's final patient has had back pain following a car crash. We did radiofrequency treatment where we did nerve blocks and burned the nerves. And you find that helpful? That is absolutely fantastic. That's, that's exactly what I was looking for. It's absolutely <laughs> okay, perfect. Because, I mean, you had actually come looking for this treatment anyway. I had done my, my own research and found out from someone... Internet. Um, internet, Google's yeah. brilliant. So, and then got speaking mm-hmm. to a person who said that he said yeah, to me, I think the general to be safe, the guarantees like a year. Yes. But he was well in his fifth, sixth yeah. year and knew somebody else who was in their eighth year, right. pain free, spasm free. Tell us about how you find the procedure in terms of discomfort. The actual doing the procedure. The procedure. I think I don't know from from the girls' faces and sort yeah. of a bit of feedback there at the time. A few words said. A few choice some, words. I was yeah, I was a big bear hug on the on the on the yes, thing, but it was sore at the time. But it was like say an hour or an hour and a half of pain. Discomfort, but it's, it's going to save me. Hopefully, you know, yeah. any gods. Worse now. than the dentist, or about the same as the dentist. Um, dentist doesn't really bother me at all. No. I have quite a good pain threshold, yes. you know. Yes. But it's just, okay. you know, if someone's sure. sticking a needle into the yeah. sores part of your body. Yeah. But do you understand that we had to find the sore bit? Oh to yeah, try and treat fully, it. fully understand the whole thing. But um, I think it's the fact that I get, I get six nerves done. Is that? Yeah, is so that? You know, yeah you're unusual. You got went to have both sides done at once. Yes. Normally, I would only do one side, and the reason I do one side is that because it is uncomfortable yes. uh, but you wanted to get over with Mungo and you yeah. did that and you're wise and um, how soon after did you notice pain relief pain relief instant well I suppose I was still under the effects of the, the, anesthetic. Of the anesthetic and stuff but from, from my own out straight away I was mm-hmm. out in the waiting room yes. sort of an hour and a half two hours yes. I was I was very wary and down to put on my socks yes. which and shoes which has given me bother for the last five years yeah. and it was absolutely pain free from that moment yeah. right on painkillers you take any? I, don't, I try not to take any tablets but you do know I'm explaining to you it's important to keep active and you are an active person anyway yes. and you keep yourself fit and in good shape yes. and it's important to keep the, uh, you maintain that yes. over the years to maintain it because I never said to anybody, this is the treatment, that's it. You have to try and work it out yourself yes. and see. But anyway, so good luck. Anyway. Nice to Thank see you. Thank you very much. Okay, bye-bye. Cheers now. Bye-bye now. Nice You've seen about a dozen patients today, and I've been privileged to sit in on it. There have been some very, very good results mm-hmm. and some that perhaps need a little more help. Yeah. We have to realise in this field that uh, you will not help all of the patients all of the time, and you will help some of the patients some of the time uh, and you really have to just uh, be prepared to accept your own treatment if you like failures 
uh, but try and always offer the patient an alternative or refer them elsewhere for a different approach. And just remember that you shouldn't use the same things in everybody and just because you can't do that doesn't mean it can't be done. The patient should be referred on as well. And there are other ways, there are other ways to tackle problems. And my advice is for interventionists, always use the least invasive, least risky procedure first, after other interventions have been tried. And it's not the be-all and the end-all, but it does help some patients fantastically well. My thanks to Dr Ron Cooper, consultant in pain medicine and anaesthesia in Causeway Hospital, Coleraine, and to his patients for allowing me to sit in on their consultations. Don't forget that you can still download all the previous editions of Airing Pain or obtain CD copies direct from Pain Concern. If you'd like to put a question to Pain Concern's panel of experts or just make a comment about these programmes, then please do so via our blog, message board, email, Facebook, Twitter or pen and paper. All the contact details are at our website, which is painconcern.org.uk. The last thought to Dr Ron Cooper on the interventional approach to pain management as opposed to the non-interventional approach. Some people seem to think that the only way to treat conditions are by using needles or injections or burning or frying nerves. And the others seem to think that there's no role for that at all and it is only for psychology, it's all in the mind and behavioural and exercise and rehab. Most people that I know are somewhere in between and that one can't really exist without the other. And all the patients I intervene on, I tell them that they must have some form of rehabilitation or some other way to back it up. And I think there's room, and in fact it's essential that we work together. And the British Pain Society, while it has all its different social interest groups, namely the Interventional Pain Society, which I was the past chairman of, there are the psychology group, they are a multidisciplinary society, and we must have multidisciplinary working. And that's essential. Regardless of how much intervention we do, we all have a role to play and we need more joined up working.